Is your battery bad or is the converter bad? This is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer podcast, delivering the smarts you need to enjoy the freedom of the RV lifestyle without the fear of breaking down. So this is episode number 92, and we're going to be talking about batteries and converters. But before we get into that, let's talk about living the RV life for just a moment. Does living the RV lifestyle mean that each member of the family has to live it the exact same way? Not even. If it is a family of two or a family of five, it doesn't matter how each person enjoys RVing. The ultimate goal is for everyone to have a good time and enjoy themselves at their level. So in other words, what they like to do, what's comfortable for them. Now, don't get me wrong. RVing is an ideal way for a family to spend time together, but that doesn't mean the kids always have to want to do what mom and dad want to do or vice versa. Everybody has to work together in this, but at the same time, enjoy it to the way they want to enjoy it. You know, as I think back on my childhood, my dad was into boats. RVs came later on. So we spent a lot of time at Catalina Island off the shore of California, off the California coast. We were over there almost every other week during the summer months. And we did you know, some things together as a family while we were there, obviously going over to Catalina was kind of a family thing coming back, you know, we're in the boat and everybody's kind of paying attention to what we're doing. But, you know, we were there enjoying the weekend, generally three days. You know, my parents would kind of do their thing. Sometimes my dad would be doing something by himself. My mom would be doing something, maybe go to another friend's boat or something. You know, my brothers and I sometimes would go fishing, snorkeling, swimming together. But then again, I'd do stuff by myself. We all enjoyed it at a different level. You know, there was the times where we were all together, but there were the times that we were doing things by ourselves. You know, and I don't remember just the stuff I did. I mean, I remember those things, but as a whole, when I think about going to Catalina, it was more of a family memory than just an individual memory, even though I do have individual members or memories. The point is we want to, like the RV lifestyle, we want everybody to enjoy it at their level and enjoy it the way they want to enjoy it, but also make it a family thing. So we can't force what we want on others. So, you know, dad can't force the kids to do what he always wants to do. Let everybody develop it on their own. And eventually it'll work out where everybody's just enjoying themselves, having a good time. They look forward to it. It's not drudgery. Oh man, we got to go RVing again, we're going camping. What a pain. You know, that's not it. You know, after all, isn't RVing about enjoying hobbies, going to awesome places, relaxing, family time, and most importantly, creating new memories? What a great place and a great way to create new memories. So I want to encourage you to do that. Expand your memories and RV as much as possible. Now we're to the section, staying on the road, talking about maintenance, repairing your RV, keeping things functioning properly. The most important thing about enjoying your RV is making sure it's working properly. So is your battery bad or is it the converter? The answer is what we are going to explore today. First, the converter, not an inverter, C-O-N-V-E-R-T-E-R, converter, 
that converts 110 volts to 12 volts, excuse me, 110 volts AC to 12 volts DC. And the converter is used to charge the house batteries in your RV. Now, it's emphasizing converter because so often it gets confused with inverter. And I know when I'm talking to customers on the phone in the store, sometimes you spend a, you know, a minute or two trying to make sure that it is a converter and not an inverter. Most RVs don't come with inverters. They come with a converter. In fact, all modern RVs you know, have one. They have a converter. Now, a converter might be a standalone one. It's often called a deck mount converter, and they're usually located in a cabinet or a storage area. So they're kind of out of sight. You might hear the fan running occasionally, or it could be a power center. And these are usually located on the front of a cabinet and they're very accessible. You know, they have an access panel, they're brown or they're black. You know, they kind of stand out. They're not ugly, but you can definitely tell it's there. The fuses are accessible there, the 12 volt fuses, the circuit breakers, everything's right there. And so the power centers generally have a circuit board in it that is actually the converter itself. It's quite often called a main board assembly. So what I have experienced is that most RVers want to replace the converter or the battery without diagnosing the problem. You know, I, I get customers on the phone in the store. They kind of explain what's going on, but it's not 100% helpful because they're not really sure. Most often, they have something in their mind already and it's that they want to replace something and generally it's the battery probably 90 percent of the time they want to replace the battery and then when i start asking some questions because they throw in the converter portion of it and the battery they connect the two so when i start asking questions they really don't have the answers and that's why i'm doing this episode today so hopefully it'll help you diagnose your problem and then if you need help on it you can talk to someone with a little more intelligence about what's going on and I, I don't mean that as an insult it's just reality you know when you're working it all the time every day like me and other guys do you you, you know the technology you know how things work when you're not doing it all day every day it's, you know it's a learning curve that you have to understand so there's a, the right way and the wrong way to you know diagnose a converter the wrong way is just to buy parts and throw it in there the right way is to figure out actually what you need whether it's the converter or the battery now, just to give you an idea how often batteries are misdiagnosed, let me share a true story with you. One of my battery suppliers was upgrading our battery tester. So that's the tester to check if a battery is good or not. So someone can bring a battery to me, you know, without a charge and I can test it and it'll see if it's good or not. So to show me how it worked, we went out to his truck. So he drives his big truck. And he has new batteries in it and he has, you know, bad batteries in it or supposedly bad batteries in it. Now he's not selling, he just sells to businesses. So he's not the guy, the culprit here. And you'll understand what I'm saying in just a moment. So on his truck, he has about 50 cores or bad batteries in the storage area. So he takes out the battery tester and we're kind of going through it. And he says, here, so let me show you. So he checks the first battery and it tests good. Hmm, that's interesting. So he checks it again and again. So then he goes on to the second battery, the third battery, and they're good. So he's been to through three batteries now, checked them multiple times and hasn't found a bad one. So he went through about 25, or I should say he tested about 25 batteries before he found a bad one. Now, just for the fun of it, he says, hey, you want to check all these batteries? Let's do it. So we tested all the batteries on his truck. 
and only about 10 were bad. And I'm talking about, you know, the supposedly bad batteries. So that was an eye opener for me. How many batteries are getting sold that do not need to be replaced? So misdiagnosing batteries is a huge deal. And a good portion of these were deep cycle batteries and they weren't from me. So it wasn't my shop that was doing this. But it also could be not necessarily a shop, but someone walking in just saying, I need a new battery. They bring in their old one, sit on the counter, and the person doesn't ask any questions, and they just sell a battery, and the guy goes on down the road. And, you know, after a few days, his problem uh, resurfaces more than likely because I do get people asking me questions about things, um, converters, and, you know, I bought new batteries, so it's not, not the batteries. So it happens. So they get diagnosed misdiagnosed quite a bit so the point of the story is not to just replace parts diagnose the problem when it comes to converters and batteries just don't replace the parts the easiest way to get the diagnosis going in the right direction is to take your batteries and you can take them just about any automotive parts store and have them check the battery to see if they're good and that eliminates the batteries and now some people might disagree with me saying that is one of the first things because there are other things you can do but what that does it just eliminates the batteries if you know they're good after they're tested then they're good you don't have to worry about that anymore it's out of mind then it also gives you an idea how what kind of shape your batteries are in what kind of condition they're in so it rules it out so there's no lingering doubts and i've had that happen too well i'm not sure if it's the batteries you know they don't want to get them tested because it takes a little bit longer simple solution but that's not how you do it there's other ways to do it getting the batteries tested not only do you know the condition of the batteries but it's just peace of mind it's done. The battery's checked out good. Put them back in, then you don't have to worry about that if they test out or check out good. And then sometimes you find out the batteries are bad, and that solves your problem right there, you know? So it can go either way. So even though the converter and the batteries are working together, it is good to just rule out the batteries. You know, and if I didn't ask people questions when they come in and want batteries or want a converter, my battery sales would at least triple if I didn't push the proper diagnosis when I'm in my store and people are asking me about these two particular things. So I'm speaking from experience. Most of the time, if the converter is working properly, the interior lights will continue to work without the batteries being good or hooked up. That is what can make it a little confusing. But the diagnosis is relatively simple to do. All you need is a few basic tools and a voltmeter that can check AC and DC voltages. So a voltmeter is what you need because you do need to see voltages. A test light can get you close, but not close enough. And I've said it before. I've said it several, many times, you know, have a voltmeter. Um, Test lights are handy, but you know, I just grab my voltmeter for almost everything I do. It just is easier. You can see what you got. So regardless of the brand of the converter that you have, you need to make sure that it has 120 volts going to it. So if it doesn't have 120 volts going to it, in other words, shore power, and it doesn't matter where the shore power is coming from, whether it's from the, you know, you're plugged into your house, you're at an RV park, it's a generator, it's the 110 volts that is coming into the RV, and it's called shore power. So if there's no 120 volts coming in, then are you plugged in? Is the converter plugged in? Is there a circuit breaker that's blown? Something like that. But that's generally not the problem you're going to be facing unless you just end up plugging your RV. So if there are 120 volts and there's still no DC output coming from the converter, check to see if the reverse polarity fuses are blown. 
Now these are generally two fuses that are on the converter. And what they're for is to protect the converter in case you hook up the battery cables wrong. Even for a split second, it'll just pop those uh, fuses so that way the converter doesn't get them ruined. So it protects the converter. So if they're blown, first you correct the wiring. You don't just put in a new fuse because if the wiring is still incorrect, it's just going to blow the fuse again. So you correct the wiring of the battery, then you replace the fuses. So that would solve the problem generally in that case. So if your converter is not working, those fuses are blown. You correct your wiring at the battery, put fuses in, it will probably be working again. And if they aren't blown, check for DC output or 12 volt output at the DC terminals on the converter. If there's no DC output at the converter, the conver excuse me, on the terminals, the converter is bad. Now keep in mind here, each brand of converter can be tested differently and that can cause a different outcome depending on how the manufacturer likes to have them tested. Most converters test very similarly though, you know, depending on the brand. And, and I will have the instructions on the website, the smartrver.com, so you can check that out. But ultimately though, if your converter isn't putting out like 13 and a half volts, 13.3 volts, you know, at the terminals at the battery, you would disconnect the battery, check those terminals. If the power's not there, at least disconnect one of them. If you don't have that kind of voltage or the terminals on the back of the converter, then the converter more than likely is bad. You know, if it's not putting out or if it's lower than that, you know, if it's 12 volts, eight volts, the converter is bad, then you would replace the converter. But keep in mind, as I said, there's different brands, so they test differently. So getting the instructions for your converter and having it on your phone or your tablet or your computer is an easy way to go. And, you know, I recommend that you know, and I've said it before in other episodes, keeping track of what you have, your model numbers, serial numbers in some cases, you know, if it's there, or if you want to just take a picture of the tag so you have it and keep all your photos handy, you know, maybe in a folder marked RV so you can go right to them. But keeping that stuff handy, downloading manuals before you need it is always easier than when you need it, especially if you can't find the right one. It might take a little, uh, you know, exercise of the brain to figure out the differences and will this manual work. But also keep in mind when you're, you know, working on a converter, there could be an external problem. Like I said, there might not be power going to it. So you might have a problem in the AC circuit going to the converter. It could be overheating, progressive dynamics, parallax. They talk about that overheating. And even generators can sometimes cause problems where the converter is not working properly, maybe an intermittent issue, or even an overloaded system can create issues. So an overloaded system would be having more 12-volt accessories on the 12-volt circuit, the DC circuit, than the converter can handle, which generally that's not the case unless you've added a whole bunch of stuff to your RV, thinking that you have endless power and you got all these 12-volt accessories. But the way they come from the factory, that's generally never an issue. So you, that probably isn't going to be the case. And, of course, there is the time where you'll have a bad converter in conjunction with bad batteries. It happens. And that's why diagnosing both of these you know, you test the batteries, test the converter. It's going to rule them in or rule them out. And I've had customers, they explain everything to me. They go get the batteries tested and the batteries are bad and they come back. Yep, the batteries are bad, but the converter still isn't charging. So I need to replace that too. And they, you know, test it and make sure. So it does happen. You know, it's not going to happen every time, 
but it's certainly something to keep in mind and don't say, well, that'll never happen. That's a one in a million. Well, it's not. And I say that just, you know, with an open mind, you know, sometimes it's just, we don't want to spend the money. So we don't want it to be that way. You know, who wants to spend, you know, 250, 300 bucks on batteries if you don't need to, or if you're just not ready to do it, you know, it's expensive or a converter, you know, they're not cheap anymore. If you find yourself needing to replace the battery, always buy a quality brand battery from a reputable battery source, whether it's an RV store or an auto parts store, buy a brand with a national warranty and make sure it's a good quality brand. You know, we sell Interstate and AC Delcos, and I know Interstate makes batteries for repair stores or, you know, shops like what I have, and they make batteries for big box stores, and there's a difference in the batteries. And then when it comes to your converter, when it's bad, it's always easier to replace it with the same brand and size of converter, if it's possible. And it's always best to replace it with the same amp rating. So if you have a 45 amp converter, it's best to put a 45 amp converter back into it, into the RV. And if it's a, let's say a Wolfco WFCO, then put that same brand back in. It makes it easier for hooking things up, mounting it. You know, usually the, the mounting holes are the same, you know, simple things like that, which can be a problem sometimes if the, if it's in a tight space and keep in mind, the RV is designed for the size of converter that's installed in it from the factory. So if you have a 45 amp converter, the wiring in the RV is designed for that. You know, it might be a little bit bigger. It might be able to accept a 55 amp converter. If you can just go back with what's in there and always use caution when you're testing electrical equipment. You know, you don't want to electrocute yourself. You don't want to short something out. You don't want to cause more damage than what's already there. And keep this in mind too. The converter companies, you know, Wolfco, WFCO, actually it's World Friendship Corporation and uh, Parallax, uh, Progressive Dynamics, IOTA. They all have a lot of resources on their website. In fact, you can get a lot of resources there to help you diagnose the problem. So, you know, you can go there too. It makes it real simple. In the meantime, if you want to, you can go to the smartrver.com to download the troubleshooting guides for the major brands of RV power converters. So you might have a problem, you might not, but it's worth downloading them, having them, or even just looking at them to make sure you got, got an idea how to, uh, how to diagnose the problem. So now we're coming up to the next stop vacation destinations you know every time i do this i always want to go someplace i want to pack up my rv and go do a little traveling but unfortunately i'm tied to a business but that's okay i get to read about a lot of this stuff so today we're going to be talking about two different places roswell new mexico and carlsbad cavern new mexico the reason why i'm talking about two of them is they're both kind of Oh, smaller. You're not going to spend weeks at either one place. I wouldn't think, you know, unless you just want to go and just chill and just really explore the outlying areas, but each one Roswell and Carlsbad, they have their significant attraction. So Roswell, as everybody probably knows, is known for UFOs. So in 1947, there was a UFO incident that brought everybody there. Everybody wanted to see what took place. And this is from all over the world. People came from everywhere. So the, the story was that a object or a UFO crashed near Walker Air Force Base that contained aliens inside of it. So ever since then, tourism to Roswell has been steady and I must say lucrative, you know. <laughs> 
steady flow of people. So they want to see something. You know, they're going there to see an alien, see a spaceship. So there is the crash site, which is about 75 miles away from Roswell. So it's got a little bit of a drive. Not too bad, though. A lot of stuff to see along the way. So that's one of the things to see there. So you'd have to go that and see the crash site. You never know. You might find some moon rocks or something, right? Something that everybody else missed. So you also want to check out the Roswell Museum. So there's a museum in town. And it has Southwestern art, educational and cultural things going on there. And there's a, uh, a collection, the Rogers Aston collection, and it has artifacts from the 16th to the 20th century. So that makes it kind of unique. You know, that's a big span of time there and they have artifacts from that. There's also a golf course in Roswell that you want to check out 18 hole course. And of course there's some sand dunes there where you can rent an ATV. You can rent a dune buggy you can go on you know those tours that they have so that's kind of cool then of course um you know just everything else there there's always food places to eat all the usual good stuff food i like food right who doesn't then carlsbad new mexico so if you go to roswell there's no reason to not go to carlsbad if you go to carlsbad there's no reason not to go to roswell you're already at the southern end of the state you might as well see a couple things while you're there yeah new mexico is one of those states where you can bebop around to different places and uh see different things you actually do some driving but you know it's not that much driving especially if you got some time i've been all over new mexico and i enjoyed it a lot to do there a lot to see so carlsbad caverns of course or carlsbad new mexico is known for the caverns you know the uh, national park and that's pretty cool I think you have to see that sometime in your life. You've got to see it now down on near Tucson. There's a place, uh, Karchner caverns, which I've talked about, I believe maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> so it's a small version of Carlsbad caverns. So if you're in uh, the Tucson area and you can't get to New Mexico, well, there you go. Karchner caverns is your, the next best thing. So the caverns are awesome and you can take pictures in there. You know, you can photograph stuff. There's not a problem there. And so the Carlsbad Caverns uh, have been around, obviously, for a long time, but they've become very popular today. You know, almost a million people go there a year, and it's a nice day trip. You know, it's not just a one-hour trip. It's a great day trip because there's a lot of stuff around there to see as well. I mean, the caverns themselves are just awesome. And, you know, there's the big room in the caverns. There's the natural entrance, and both these are very unique to themselves and to the caverns. So it's a nice, nice trip. Then also while you're in Carlsbad, there's the uh, Sitting Bull Falls. So it's like this oasis in the middle of the desert. It's an awesome spot. There's pools there where you can swim in it. There's trails around the falls. So you can, you know, have a nice trip there. You can take a lot of good pictures, bring a swimsuit, bring sunscreen, because you're in the desert, and depending on which time you go, you might need to use that. And generally, uh, march through august is the best time to go to these places you know just because of the weather it does get hotter there actually march through june excuse me so yeah they're great places to go and so we're gonna have some information on this on the smartrveer.com website under the heading rv destination so you can check out a little bit more there or 
what I'd really like you to do is go to the contact us page on the smartrvr.com and let me know about your favorite RV destination. I want to hear where you guys are going, what you're doing. Okay, so now to make your fellow RVers envious, RV Envy today is going to be about the Energizer Arc 5 Portable Power Pack. That's a thousand watts of portable power. Now, I've talked about this in the past. This Energizer is awesome. The portable power pack or the Arc 5, it's absolutely awesome. We've sold a ton of them. Everybody loves them. I've been using one since we started carrying them. You know, I use it in the store. I take it home and then eventually I just sell it at a discounted price and, you know, bring a new one into my little system here. But we use it in the shop for different things. I've used it at home. I've literally plugged my RV into one. And it powered up everything. Now, granted, it's not going to run the microwave and all that, but it did bring turn on the lights, the interior lights. And I thought that was pretty darn cool. It gave it enough power to do that. So now I'm not recommending you do that, but it's a really nice addition to have because not only is it great in an RV because you got that portable power, it's great at home too. And there's so many uses for it. If the power goes out, you have a source where you can actually plug a lamp in or a light into and have some light. You know, it does have a light of its own on it that's adjustable so you can plug in two 110 volt appliances it has usb outlets you can charge it with a solar panel generator 110 volts charge it in your car so it's very functional in many different directions and i've used it for charging batteries on my atv charging batteries cordless drills i've run this podcast with it many times um which i think that's just absolutely cool you, because you can't see what I have here, but I have three computers, a uh, a Rode Podcaster Pro. All this stuff takes power, and the computers are overkill. It's just me. I like you know, I like technology. Computers are cool, and so I've used it for that. I've used it just when I don't want to run an extension cord someplace. I've taken it home, used it out in the garage, run things on it, various things. Um, you know, it's not going to run a skill saw. It's not going to run a 1500 watt heater you know things that just consume a ton of power it's not going to run but it works for a lot of other things so it's a pretty sweet little item to have so if you go to arizona rv parts center and in the search bar just type in arc 5 or energizer arc 5 and it'll take you right to the to the arc 5 page and i'll have a link to it on the website as well it's a smart so check it out. It's a really cool item. It's a must-have, and they're handy as can be. And you know, with a lot of things going on in the world, they talk about soaring energy prices, problems, power outages, might be worth having. But it's definitely worth having just for going on vacations with. Your kids can plug in their power to it, recharge phones, you know, laptops, tablets. You can run a TV off of it, a CPAP machine for at least three nights. We've had reports from three nights, five nights, and seven nights, depending on the CPAP machine. So it's an awesome device to have. So again, this is Eric Stark. I want to thank you for listening to the show. Keep being a smart RVer, and if I don't see you on the road, we can connect at the smartrver.com. 